0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B Y T E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: That hey, that that welcome to Land Tracks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the oldness Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Let's see, it is March 13th, 2018, got my co-host John Stefancic on the line, I think we have a rather extreme New Hampshire weather report coming our way, so let's not delay John, I want to hear about it, what's the conditions on the ground right now,
0: where you're at? 17 inches of snow in Dover and counting. I repeat, March 13th, people. Blizzard warning. Uh, Boston's got about a foot and a half, too. They're more screwed than we are because I got less room to put it. But we have a solid nor'easter going on here. Very, it was a mild February, and March has been ripping and rolling. It's two weeks in a row with nor'easters. So welcome to New England. But we will have a better July than everybody else on the podcast. So you so. can't.
1: Yeah, there you go. Well, fair enough, I guess. But. So it's not, it's not a Northeaster, Northeasterner, North right? You got to do the N-O apostrophe or the N-O-R apostrophe?
0: It's a Nor'easter. A Nor'easter. Okay. Nor'easter. Cool. Do people well, where you uh, live
1: have like Boston accents or what's that like? What is, what's the normal thing? It's,
0: le- it's more New England accent, which...
1: That's a funny distinction for someone down here. I'm not sure.
0: They're, they're, yeah, I really don't. I have no idea how I would explain this to somebody. Down there, it's it's not as a it's more neutral than a um, Boston accent, but it's still notable. Okay, well, it's a little less, it's a little, uh, it's a little more tame than a Massachusetts
1: like a, accent like a con- like Boston, a Connecticut accent or something.
0: Yeah, there's a Boston accent, there's a Massachusetts a- uh, accent, and okay. then there's you got Maine and New Hampshire, a little more mild. Vermont's more mild. You, you kind of get a little more. A little more towards neutral Canadian, but they don't say a boot or any of that. Hmm. that here. So I really don't have a good way to describe it.
1: Interesting. So, All anyway. right. Well, we're learning a lot tonight, guys. Um, yeah. So go ahead, John.
0: A couple, couple admin things to take care of. I'll let you talk about t shirts here in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh,
1: You're right. We should do that at the top. We of have
0: the show. a first time offer to the listeners, mm-hmm. we have our loyal listeners. Uh, Oxford folk artist noted famous one table cobbleson has noted that uh, if anybody lists um, reaches out to him inquiring of a painting and notes the uh, promo code good rebel Mm -hmm. from the land sharks after dark podcast he will give a discount. That
1: is a great deal, guys. We're not talking about like prints or something, I, right? I mean, we're talking about an original Table Cobbleson joint, right? A, a real piece.
0: Yeah. Oxford Folk Art Table Cobbleson both on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Absolutely, uh, that's that's a great deal, guys. Take advantage of your lad discount. Don't forget to use code Good Rebel. Let Table know that you, uh, you know, are a listener to the podcast that put them on. I would say. No, just kidding. Table's obviously super creative. He was he was gonna he was gonna get fans no matter what. But we're happy that we've been able to uh, have him this part of the show for so long. Definitely been one of the highlights, one of the really fun things we've done. So thank you for that table, listeners. Don't forget to take advantage of that. John mentioned we are doing T-shirts for the first time in our three-year run here. Um, people, a couple of people were asking about it. You know, some of our our most loyal former guests and fans, so said why not. I think it would be a fun thing. Uh, obviously, me and John both, I think we'd love to have T-shirts and give them to our families and stuff, so put together a little design. Table did that for us. Um, it, it's basic, but we like it. Land Sharks After Dark, LAD on there, and the little tag phrase, Mississippi paid. You got the dollar size instead of the S's. You got to throw a little snark in there, you know, a little bit, a little bit for the... Uh, the joke of a, the joke crowd. Wow, that was a terrible finish to that sentence there for me. But yeah, we got we got t-shirts. That's all that matters. If you want one, head over to @sharksaftrdark on Twitter. I tweeted the link out last week. It's just a basic Google form. Hopefully, it won't be too confusing to you. There's two pages to it. The first page you're gonna put in uh, your info, mailing address, email, stuff like that. On the second page, you pick how many you want of each size. Pretty simple. Have that open for another week or so. I'll announce on Twitter when we're gonna close the form. Um, and then after that, we're going to order however many shirts people want, and then I'm going to send them out to wherever you are. If you live somewhere like Oxford or something, there's a good chance that you're going to, if someone's going to bring the shirt to you up there somehow to save on shipping, we'll just see how that all works out. Right now we're saying about 20 bucks a shirt could come down depending on how many orders we have. Could be less if I don't actually have to ship it to you, you know, if you're, if you're in Oxford or Jackson or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not this is not a money making thing for us. You know, we wanna we want our fans that they want something like this to have the opportunity to get it, and we want to wear them ourselves. Like I said, so if you wanna be part of it, hit us up. Um, don't literally hit us up; that's not necessary. Go to Twitter, click the link, fill in the form. It'll be simple. I'll get in touch with you. I promise that it'll be easy, and uh, we'll keep the price as low as possible. So that's the plugs for the top of the show. Two plugs, John. After three years of never having a single thing to plug, that's that's pretty good. That's a it's a big week for us. Um, except for that time we were on rebel sports radio. Do you remember that for like six months or whatever?
0: Oh, shit. I totally forgot. And we used
1: on. to, we used to like th- That's the reason why the complete catalog isn't available It's a, some inside baseball. Um, since I'm not even sure that rebel sports radio is even a thing outside of maybe like Talk of champions, uh, which is on there. Cause Ben Garrett was like in charge of it or whatever. Um, we would, I didn't edit the show at that time. I think you probably like the show more now because there's not ads inserted into it. And, you know, I put music at the end of the show now. Um, I wasn't able to do any of that back in the day. We would record it. It was actually more work for me because I would have to record it, make note of when we pause for our commercial breaks or whatever, send that, that information to the editor guy. He would edit it. They would upload it, send us a link. It was kind of a convoluted process. In theory, you know, it was easier for us because we had someone doing the editing. But... I don't mind doing the editing. It's pretty simple, um, but so yeah, that's a fun period. If 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 any of you old Land After Dark heads remember that, uh, we used to have like uh, what was that? What was the the site where you buy tickets like StubHub ads or something or Seat Seat Freak Seat or something yeah, like that. Seat
0: Geek advertises. Yeah, Seat Geek.
1: Time. Yeah, we used to have those ads. I mean, it was fun to read ads, but maybe we'll just start making up fake ads to read, like we basically just did with a table and the t-shirts. So definitely don't miss those days, but it's funny to think back on now.
0: While um, we're reminiscing, I, yeah, I thought that, I think I thought of this today. Did Marshall? We we talked about right field is where Lance yes. Arts After Dark came together.
1: Yes, because we used to did hang Mar- out and go to all
0: the games together. How much? Uh, how much did Marshall Henderson have an impact on this?
1: I think a lot. I mean, Marshall Henderson was kind of like the mascot he, for older sports twenty twelve to twenty fourteen.
0: He, he, I think, Tell me if I got this wrong, but didn't he not pique your interest?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Marshall Henderson was definitely, like, a a bit of a touchstone for Ole Miss sports enthusiasm. I mean, the the first moment, I've said it on the show before, um, the first moment that I remember being really excited about Ole Miss basketball uh, in my college career wasn't until I was a senior, and Marshall made that buzzer beater to beat Vanderbilt, and that was such an insane shot. Uh, and he just had so much sauce and it was just, it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, also senior year, I had turned 21. I was able to go out to the bars. You would see Marshall, you would see Murphy, you'd see Reggie, you could talk to him. It was like a definite cool starstruck kind of a thing.
0: You remember, uh, I believe, I think they opened with Tennessee that year, Mm -hmm. beat them in Knoxville.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was when Marshall Uh, said that thing on the season about Tennessee.
0: Yeah, and then they, I think they played they played Tennessee game five in Oxford, mm-hmm. and it was a slugfest the whole game. Nick Williams made a couple threes, et cetera. We leave, uh, we left, uh, what you call it, the Tad Pad, yeah, yeah. and then you were asking me like, they, you're like, where the players gonna be out at? You know, you know, I go, I go, dude, it's Andy Kennedy's team, like they're gonna be at the library. So I remember we go to the library and after 30 minutes, like Holloway. Henderson and Perez show up. Of course. This was winter session before all the students were back. Mm -hmm. And basically, like, this was before. This is when Marshall was still building his aura. He didn't really
1: burst onto the scene, like I said, until that shot against Vanderbilt, I don't think. Yep.
0: And then the students were all back. So it took everybody. The Kentucky game is what got everybody just all jacked into it. This is before so we got a lot, and Marshall's like... But they almost
1: still lost that Kentucky game, right? It was just a lot of hype before it.
0: Yeah, because they were ranked It was 16, at, Right, and that was,
1: the, that was the game where they filmed the T-Sons of Gun music video beforehand. And uh almost sports was just pretty hype overall that year. That was also Hugh Freeze's first year, right?
0: That was... Yeah, so yeah 20, that was 2012. Also 12, so yeah, the T-Sons of Guns because... Uh, Whoever the hell that I, was. I think
1: basically my enthusiasm was peaked by Freeze's first season and kind of rebuilding, going from two and ten to six and six, winning the bowl game, beating State, all that stuff. I I rushed the field on that Moncrief game, had a ton of fun. Get, roll into that basketball season. Uh, you got Marshall Henderson, you got Murphy and Reggie. They win the t- the SC tournament. I was super hyped about that. Uh, so I definitely think that you're you're right on track that that was the year that was. So much fun at Ole Miss sports, and then really the next three or four years after that, there were a lot of highlights from Omaha in fourteen,
0: and yeah, fourteen, the baseball team building. Really, fourteen baseball
1: shocked the hell out of us, and we weren't and we mean, weren't doing the show then. We started it okay. in December of fourteen, so Omaha was kind of part of the buildup.
0: That's where that was. Yeah, uh, yeah, because we. I mean, we. I remember just walking because because base a uh, baseball they. They never went made a regional when I was an active student. Technically, uh-huh. never like they, they never they hosted. Never they regional, made it, right? Yeah, hosted a regional. Yeah. They made it right after. So that like that was kind of the end of my career as a student. Was right. like well, for, well
1: the, the regional and fourteen would have been after you had graduated, like earlier that month, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, it was basically within a month. So that was kind of yeah. that. And that, I remember
1: that, I was working then, but I remember. Going up to Oxford for the regional, I remember having to leave the Washington game to go back to Jackson to work, before, like during the rain delay and all of yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I remember we left too mm-hmm. to go back and listen, and we listened to Weathersby close that on the radio. So yeah, that was, wow,
1: was it Weathersby was so hype that that team was great, man.
0: That team, I mean, I I vividly remember. God, we're, we're all over the place, but whatever. I vividly <laughs> remember talking. We're given an oral just,
1: history of the show. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's better than any of this Kermit Davis bullshit we're about yeah, to talk about. Yeah, don't worry.
1: Kermit Davis, John was basically in the act of, I think, talking about Kermit Davis when somehow he got derailed. I think I said something.
0: Yeah. So, basically, I remember previewing the 14 baseball season with Austin Miller, and we went through every damn series. Mm-hmm. And I vividly remember saying, there is no way in hell they can do better than 18 and 12. They go nineteen and eleven to win the division. So well,
1: I think we were thinking that even late late in the season. I mean, they had a big performance in College Station to win the West. I think they took two out of three, and a And M was really good that year.
0: I uh, remember that they went and swept. They uh, yes, yeah, sweeping Kentucky was huge they lost, because they, they had lost series against LSU, but they were right. If you watch those games, they yeah. were dead even with them. Um, yeah. Well, with
1: the, the LSU LSU had so many pitchers that year. And uh, the the game they won was when Orvis hit like a home run in the first inning after Maneri had said that the beer showers were annoying. I remember that. Yep. And Sykes immediately gave him one. They
0: were basically dead even with LSU, and losing that series cost them a national seed. Yep. But and they and they went to Kentucky and scored 39 runs and swept. A Honestly, wild. It also that might have gotten them in. I, I think being able to play
1: in Lafayette took a lot of pressure off of them for the Super.
0: I would agree with that. I think
1: having to play the super regional in Oxford would have been worse for them.
0: Well, they would have had to play state in Oxford. Yeah. Who they were clearly better but, than Oh but, right. No, but but Lafayette eliminated state, right? So Exactly. If state I mean if Lafayette had lost, it would have been state. That would have been like the ultimate oh shit moment.
1: Right. But I guess I mean if Ole Miss had gotten that national seed, maybe Lafayette wouldn't have. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to reconstruct. In retrospect, but it, yeah. I
0: think LSU was the eight. It was us and LSU, and I think yeah. basically the schedule strength in the series. Yeah. Was, what? Anyway. So
1: maybe we would have ended up having to play LSU in route. That could have been worse, Steve. I don't know. Um, I remember that Kentucky series vividly because they had what's his face, the great pitcher that could also. Oh, who is the? He has initials, something the JB something, or he was. Uh, it, was it was JT AJ. something.
0: Uh-huh. He was really good. He was their ace, and he was their And aggressive. he was their four hole hitter, yeah.
1: Um that guy was really good, and Ole Miss just uh just outpowered him, had like 35 runs on the weekend or something in that tiny little park. Yep. It was really good. Um But yeah, all of that to say, we host a podcast about Ole Miss. And uh this week, AJ <laughs> Reed. His name was AJ Reed. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And And uh, so, yeah, we're talking about what's going on at Old Miss Sports this week. Definitely the biggest story is the imminent hiring of Kermit Davis as the men's basketball coach. He's at Middle Tennessee right now. It looks like he's going to be coaching Middle Tennessee in the NIT. Uh, but maybe after that, he might mosey on down to Oxford to uh, start a basketball program. We'll see. Wait, wait,
0: wait. So you're telling me – Mm-hmm. That We're not getting ready for Ole Miss to be a five-seed in the NIT. Nope. We're getting ready to watch our future coach coaches a three-seed in the NIT.
1: Who's going to watch that? Not me. Well— I'm not watching Middle Tennessee in the NIT to study Kermit Kermit Davis.
0: Like, Kermit— Here's a question: Can Kermit Davis be a good rebel? Because he went to state. Like, how does this work?
1: I mean, I think, yes, he can absolutely be a good rebel— um, the first thing he has to do is get on the same page as, as Goofy Jeff. You know, go start hanging out with him, start picking up on what he cares about. Because I really don't know. It's hard for me to figure out what motivates Goofy Jeff, other than just you know not knowing what to do in certain social situations. I have no idea. Uh, Are you
0: kidding? PowerPoint, PowerPoint animation. There
1: you go, oh, there you go. You there you go. You answered it yourself. Can he be a good rebel? Yes. All it takes is like twelve slides, some good animations. He just got to convince you know, the powers that be, why well, he's just a good rebel. And clearly he did that because by all accounts, pretty much contract signed at this point. It's, it's done deal. It's happening. What I'll say to John before the show is I think the fact that Terrell Smith, who was Ole Miss's best recruit in the current class before Andy Kennedy was fired, uh, just said today he's going to seek his release. reopen his recruitment is a very solid sign that Ole Miss has told him we have a coach. It's this guy. They've probably talked. He's decided to reopen his recruitment. You know, could still end up at Ole Miss. I think Kermit's going to fly down there or someone from his staff is going to fly down there or something who lives in Florida, Cyril Smith does, uh, and try to convince him to stick with Ole Miss, whatever. But to me, I just don't think that Smith's going to do that if there's any uncertainty at all around the job. It's definitely Kermit Davis unless some insane thing changes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of given your reaction a little bit, John, just through your tone, but underwhelmed, is that a fair way to put it?
0: How is he different than Andy Kennedy? I mean, he's, uh, he's it, older. Uh,
1: he's older, and he went to state. First of all, I think he has
0: Kermit hair. Davis is, Kermit Davis is a good coach. He's gotten a lot out of Middle Tennessee. He's
1: done a, he's done a good job there. Yeah, it took him a long he, time to go to the to the tournament, but he's done a good job.
0: He's perfectly qualified to coach on this, but my problem is is all is his. He's basically put together ragtag teams the way AK has, so. You're hiring an older version of AK, which basically is admitting that well, we had to change change the name because everybody was tired of the name, and maybe there were specifics with the administration relationship. They you know, it's always the AK and Vitter didn't get along. That's not surprising when you look at their personalities. Mm-hmm. But so they're hot, but they're hiring a guy. They're basically admitting that they're not a top level program by saying we got to go hire a ragtag guy as opposed to you, know, I mean. Thad model was a show, and I'm fine with that. Bring him around's fine. I don't understand why they didn't go hire You know, go find the 30 year old assistant everybody likes, but they, they say he's three years away, and just give him the damn keys and say go right. and see what happens.
1: Right, take a risk. You mean like go actually find- be bold? Maybe put your stamp on something. Is that what you mean?
0: Go find a thirty-year-old like Shaka Smart type before he became what he was. Now he's gone to Texas and screwed up, but Texas kills everybody's career. It's hilarious. So, <laughs> but I mean, like the uh, where was he at VCU before? Go find that guy. Go find, you know, I mean, this isn't this is Pollyanna what I'm about to say, but like the you know, Brad Stevens. You know, like, we were like, who's this guy at Butler? And then he comes up, and now he's obviously the Celtics coach. Mm-hmm. I like, but go. Go take a flyer on it, because you need a young guy with energy. That, well, I t- well, they need. This is this is funny. I just thought of this. They need basically the male version of Matt looks Except Matt Insul totally flops.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say maybe not a great time to bring that up, but yeah.
0: So, so, in that case, what the hell do you do? You know, but I they needed to go find a young guy basically and just. Give him a shot because I sporadically listened to the Rebel Grove podcast. I listened I listened a little bit the other day after the uh-huh. coaching after they ran their uh, inside scoop piece. Yeah. And McCready was making the point, and I and he I thought it was very fair was you're fourteenth. You can't get worse. This lets you take risk. I mean, nobody, even though you have a new building, nobody expects you to be a top half of the SEC program. I mean, Calipari saying that you know we'll all be dead before somebody wins as many games at Ole Miss as A. K. Mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. Tells you that tells you everything the industry needs to know. Well, the industry...
1: I think and I, and I think that quote is a little—it's not untrue by any stretch, but it, it's it's knowing because Calipari is safe saying that because if anyone won at a consistent level at Ole Miss, they would be gone well before Kennedy was. They yep. would move on to a better job. And so Correct. a lot of people took that as a compliment to Kennedy. But what it really was, was a, a statement on the reality of the fact that Kennedy stayed at the same level for 11 years.
0: Because that's the ceiling of the program. It, it, it it's not, it's yeah, not, it's
1: not necessarily wrong. I'm just saying, I don't take that a hundred percent as a compliment to Kennedy. It's more just a statement of fact about the job.
0: It's a more compliment than not to Kennedy. It's also sure. a statement. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. The, I tell you what, the model for Ole Miss, this is the model. Go be the Boise State of basketball, where you they had like three coaches in three years. Go to top job, like Peterson, and then uh, shit, who else was somebody else left? It was Harson, mm-hmm. or well, Harson still. I'm trying to, or maybe I'm thinking, of, or help. Here's here's an easier one. Go be Arkansas State football. You had Freeze go to Old Miss, Malzon go to Auburn, and then Harson go to Boise, where you're winning nine games a year. You're a solid, you know, you're going to a bowl game. You go make the tournament, and you're in place for the young coach to come up and rise. Wow. That's.
1: It, it, what's most annoying about it is that they, Bjork has nothing to lose, like you said. I mean, it's not just about the program being 14th, it's the most also...
0: conservative, damn hire you can make. I mean, that was the most boring. Basic, higher possible. The
1: stands are going to be empty next year. I mean, who's going to get excited to go watch Kermit Davis coach half an AK roster? It's going to
0: suck. Kermit Davis is going to have to go like thirteen and five in the league to get anybody in the building.
1: Yeah, it's going to suck.
0: Exactly, and it's going to suck for a number of years. So,
1: yeah, I mean, (laughs) Bjork has to go. Bjork has to go. Bjork has to go. I can't say it any other way. This, this train is so far off the rails at this point. Ooh, Ole Miss 17. is not just 14th in basketball. Ole Miss is rapidly moving oh, he, towards 14th athletic department.
0: Outside of building the pavilion, which quite honestly had been so damn long and Pete Boone had got Someone the ball Someone was
1: going to do it. Someone was going to do it when they were AD. It, it, it
0: basically fell on his lap. Yeah. Pete Boone couldn't stick around long enough to see it get done. And it fell on his lap outside of – but he did get it done, so he ultimately gets credit for it. Outside of that, I mean, I can't think of one thing that he hasn't screwed up.
1: And and at the same time, John, like who gives a shit if he built the pavilion if he didn't, you know, help make the program better? If we had the pavilion and the program is still worse, I'm not going to give you that much credit for it. Like you have to do all – it's a holistic job. Your job is not uh, director of facilities. Your job is not director of fundraising. Your job is athletic director, and that is all-encompassing. And it's just – I I don't know what I can say about Bjork anymore. I think the old Miss fans that are willing to see it have seen it. I think the old Miss fans that are always going to be positive on Pollyanna will keep making excuses for him uh, because it's easier to believe that he had a big hand in the success of people like Freeze and Bianco in 2014 – uh, and therefore, believe that he can take us back to those levels. Um, it's almost to the point where I'm done talking about it. You know what I mean? It's just like it, I'm embarrassed by the old Miss Athletic Department um, and the, the the status of Old Miss right now in relation to the rest of the conference. I mean, it pretty. I, I think Old Miss has probably done less with the SEC network money than any other school, from where I stand. I mean, it seems like everyone else is using it better than Old Miss is.
0: I would agree. I mean, they are – they're really – I mean, I think we talked about this a few pods ago. Extremely this stagnant.
1: Is. And the, the basketball program this season – sorry to cut you off, John, but I just had this thought. It, it, this is the best example of what is happening conference-wide and leaving Ole Miss behind. Yeah, Ole Miss was decent at basketball for a long time when the rest of the conference was terrible. What happened this year? The conference vastly improved largely due to big coaching hires all over the conference that we talked about on the last show. Coaching hires—they make Kermit Davis, you know, look like a, a Southern Miss coach, which is kind of, you know, Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss, probably in parallel jobs. Um, but that's what's going to happen across the board to Old Miss if they don't be more proactive and aggressive and actually use the resources they've been given. Is they're going to get passed in every sport uh, because the level of competition is rising relative to the resources.
0: Very well said. I mean. We talked about it before. I, in, in a lot of ways, I almost think there's less there's less optimism than there was at the end of the nut Boone tenure because at least mm-hmm. Boone was on the way out and you saw new blood coming in. Yeah. Uh, York, here's
1: a, my question for York you York is... Bjork appears
0: drenched. I mean, what's going to change this?
1: I, I mean, I, that's why I said Bjork has to go. That's why I said it into my mic in that very um, asshole-ish way that probably sounded terrible to our listeners. How do we this.
0: get rid of him, though?
1: I mean, you replace Vitter first, I guess. That could be one. If Vitter, for whatever reason, fired Bjork, that could be one positive to come out of the Vitter era, in my opinion. I think Bjork is very entrenched. And I think, you know, John, you've talked about the raises and the title changes and all that stuff that people on his staff have gotten. What do you think happens when your boss gets you a raise like that? Are you going to be more or less loyal to that boss?
0: More. I mean he's basically got He's entrenching himself in every way. I think he's entrenched himself with the, the boosters. Cases. They've gotten they've gotten promoted twice in two years. Exactly. And he's
1: making sure he's making sure that if someone, probably not Vitter, maybe Vitter's replacement, uh, is savvy enough to decide that he's not doing a good job running the athletic department, when they come for him, he can circle the wagons. And if you don't have someone like Michael Thompson or uh Kyle Campbell uh or um What's her face? Uh, Lynn, Lynn Johnson, I think is her name. The other associate AD. You know, if you're trying to replace Bjork, you want one of those people to step up and say, I'll be the interim. You know, I'm on your side, Chancellor, whatever. You know, we're going to we're going to turn this around. And if they're all super loyal to Bjork, that's going to make it that much harder to get rid of him. And I think he's on the same thing with the boosters. I don't really have any evidence to point to that other than the fact that a lot of boosters like him uh, and the fact that he's been around for a while um, with with mixed results at
0: best. By all accounts, all he does is just give everybody the access they want. He keeps the he keeps 15 people happy, and that's all they want.
1: Yep. Seems to be about right, yeah. You so need to do- how do we get rid of him? I don't know, but I, I have a hard time believing that things are going to get better before they get worse as far as Bjork's athletic programs
0: go. We'll see. We'll see. If Bjork, I mean, Bjork getting promoted twice is – I mean – Promoted twice if, if, in the last two company, years, right? If a company made that bad of a decision twice in a row with a guy that senior, they'd be they would have I mean, if we no, look up I don't
1: have the dates in front of me, but if we look up when he got the raises, we can compare the results from the seasons before. They weren't winning seasons in football or basketball. Winning seasons in basketball, but you didn't go to the tournament. I mean and baseball baseball hasn't done anything since Omaha. Well okay, so you got a you got a promotion this year because softball won the SEC tournament? Great. Nice. You, Your coach also was forced to resign in disgrace. I mean, I guess they got raises because they avoided paying a sixteen million dollar buyout to freeze. I mean, other than that, I'm not sure what else they've accomplished lately.
0: Uh, well, sh- Hugh Freeze cash flow past two years. Oh God. I That's about it. I mean, well, they've spent over ten million on this investigation, and they—I mean—they—they they wrecked multiple seasons. They're about—they're about to feel. It'll be interesting to see what season ticket sales are and private donations over the next two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, we could—that—that that could turn out to be fine. You know, like we kind of saw that this past year with football season ticket sales. They've made buying season tickets like such a convoluted system with all the reward points and all. People are afraid. You can't really just boycott and know that you can come back and have the same tickets if things get better. So I think that scares a lot of people. Um, But at the same time, I just think the on-field results are going to bear themselves out. I want Luke to succeed. I just look around the conference. I mean, I feel the same way about Kermit Davis because he's going to be coaching the team that I cheer for. I want him to be successful because I want Ole Miss to win. But I look around the conference. It doesn't seem like a fair fight. Matt Luke versus Gus Malzahn, not a fair fight. Kermit Davis versus uh uh Bruce Pearl. Not a fair fight. Just happened to use two Auburn coaches. Just shout out Kent. Um but I, I just I, I don't think that we're keeping pace with the conference.
0: No, We're keeping pace with tradition. And good rebels. Oof McGoof. I don't know, man.
1: Well, it's- baseball is doing okay, and we're not going to talk about baseball now. I'm just saying I just saw a tweet about they're playing right now in Atlanta. I don't think either one of us have the game on because I um, did not pay 5.95 dollars uh, for a 24-hour pass to Georgia State Panther Vision. Um, I say that like I haven't paid for stuff like that in the past. I have. I'm not a proud man. I'll admit it. But uh, just following this one on Twitter for now, I, I think Ole Miss is up like 4-2 to or something like that. SEC play starts this weekend. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, when do you want to talk about March Madness, John? You want to talk about that at uh, the end of the show? Do you want to talk about it before baseball? Do it,
0: do it at the end.
1: Okay, we're talking about that at the end. All right. What else do you want to say about Kermis, Kermit Davis and what Ole Miss is doing with his basketball hire?
0: I think you pretty much have ran. I mean, it, it's yeah, I very, ranted. I ranted pretty hard on that one. Sorry. I mean, it, it's just it's further confirmation that there's a small circle of good old boys that have complete control over Bjork and Vitter. They get their show. They get, you know, they show up and they, you know, they go to Ajax and they get their veggie platter and they get their country fried steak every day. They do exactly what they want. They don't want any change. They live in their bubble. and It goes from there. I think what's interesting about you talk about season tickets. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I'd be cur- I'd really be curious to see what the demographics are of season ticket holders, because media and entertainment in general there's so there's more and more options every day Uh and we see like you know all these big all these big tv networks are are seeing the ratings go down but they're paying more money for content because they're trying to hold on to what they got Mm -hmm. because there's more netflix there's more amazon video Mm -hmm. hulu everything else that's out there that i'm going with this is, is i mean how how much is our generation going to be interested in season tickets and the hassle of going to a football game where they, where right. they can just walk? Exactly. Like as as the current park.
1: ticket holders die off, are they going to be replaced by a younger crowd? I guess we'll have to see.
0: The other thing is is how many people are going to say, yeah, I like going to Ole Miss. and I, I, like, I like going to campus on game day, but I'm just going to stick around on the Grove.
1: You know what I will say? And this is a counterpoint to what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. We've trashed old Miss' strategy in the past of recruiting kids from states like Georgia and Texas to fill up the the classes and the out-of-state students and all of that stuff. But it actually could turn out to be kind of smart. If you're successfully able to convert some of these families in Texas, in Georgia, uh, these dads that are 45 and 50 and these, these families, they could become season ticket holders. Uh, because they come and visit their kid freshman year, and they like it so much, they become Ole Miss fans. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I'm saying that is one unique way Ole Miss has uh, um, to bring in new fans from outside of the area. It, who knows? It's a complete speculation. Um, uh, but I could see that being one way in which Ole Miss can kind of do better than maybe a school like say Mississippi State, whose student body is predominantly from Mississippi. You know, presumably they grew up Mississippi State fans, or at least ambivalent towards Mississippi State.
0: Just a thought. I agree, and Ole Miss generally, to, out, to the people, that don't, it's, it presents itself very well for the first time, and coming in for a handful of times a year, it's, it's very well set up to, to do that. So mm-hmm. that's certainly viable, possible. Do you think? I don't. I don't think we've ever criticized them for bringing out of state students. We, we've well, criticized.
1: Well, I've criticized the students we, we've themselves. We've criticized
0: them not having higher out of state admissions. Yes. Yes. By yes. The level. Well, yeah, I've criticized the fact that I think there
1: are students that come to Ole Miss because they've heard what we would consider negative publicity for Ole Miss. Like I'm yeah. thinking back to the state flag stuff. I'm thinking back to, you know, the the virulent politics of the student government in the last couple of years. I don't know. You know, who's to say how much that really happens and how anecdotal it is. All I know is a lot of the dumbest kids you meet at Ole Miss are from Georgia. No offense, Brad. We're, I'm not talking about you. Um or or from or from Texas or California or somewhere like that where they couldn't go to a state school that a lot of people from their high school were going to. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Where are we? Where does that leave us, John? What are we talking about? We we're kind of all over the place on that one.
0: yeah to I mean, th- there is no there is no viable future for Ole Miss alexa
1: Change. I mean, you said had to change.
0: Is Jeff Vitter really in trouble or not, or is that just people trying to? It, sit it there? could just be wishful thinking. There, a lot of people have said it, but it, it, a lot of
1: it could just be they hope that it's. true. I haven't they heard any good rumors existence.
0: that he's in trouble. I, I mean, I've heard I've heard
1: legit rumors about it.
0: Okay, you you would know better than me. I, I would not be connected to do that, but. Mm. Quite frankly, at the same time, there's, I think the old Miss chancellor is always going to have a pocket of people that are saying his job is in trouble. That's just the nature Absolutely. of it. Absolutely.
1: I think the, the, it becomes a problem when the pocket is pretty much everybody, which I think is how most people feel about Vitter at this point. I mean, I think I said this on past shows, but the only people I can imagine who might defend Vitter would be like faculty that have, have enjoyed working with him on an academic basis because everyone I've ever talked to in the last two years, from a sports fan perspective – has been very anti-Jeff um,
0: I just He, I, did, he did raise – they did have a fundraising increase year over year. I absolutely, mean it was,
1: but I mean what, like uh, like uh, someone who shall not be named in the podcast group because who knows if they want to be associated with what they said, but I think they were dead on when they said the donations have to do with the changes to the tax law. They have to do with baby boomers uh, retiring and stuff like that. There's a lot of reasons that the donations could go up other than just Jeff Vitter. He's also not the one out there – taking these donations i mean you're talking about him he gets the people. credit
0: though because it happened on his watch
1: that's fine but we don't we don't have to
0: but blindly yeah, assign right.
1: credit on this show we we can well, examine root causes we can talk about causality and deeper well,
0: oh so in a couple years was this a one-time event because of the tax law or is this part of a sustained growth plan for endowments etc i mean maybe vitter goes out and raises a bunch of academic money and we go well shit at least he can do that but yeah. he's a total when it comes to running and, I'll, and I'll say
1: that, and I, even if he raises money, I will still say it's not enough and that he has to go because I, I think that he has botched just about every athletic decision he could make, and that includes promoting Ross Bjork to associate athletic director, especially if the stories are true about how you give Bjork that promotion and then you still insist that he hires Matt Luke over who he wanted, which is Dave Dorian from North Carolina State, who I didn't, so, want, I didn't want him either. But if you're going to make Bjork associate chancellor for athletics, at least let him run the athletics. It's it's so stupid.
0: He wasn't even – Bjork supposedly wasn't even in the meeting where they told Andy Kennedy he wasn't getting rolled over. Right. That's mm-hmm. amazing. How is he not in the meeting? Right. And so and people use that as a way to defend Bjork.
1: And I, I, I just say, like, that, that to me is someone that's how so the bad the at his hell, job, he's not even present. How do you use that to defend him?
0: How in the hell do you go hire a coach – when the AD, who's a vice chancellor, coach, right? has no say, has no say in the decision. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I think he had a say. I, I, I think mean, that's if overblown. Vitter, if Vitter is actually good academically, which we'll see. Let's you know. I'll get. I'm, I'll wait a couple years on that. And that's always
1: been my stance on Vitter. Is maybe I just want him to stay out of sports. But I don't so, think he stayed out of sports.
0: So then you just say you. So you come down and say, Jeff, you're firing Ross. We're gonna go pay and get a good AD. And he's going to have complete control. Complete control. You have not, You sign the papers we put in front of you. Uh-huh. Now, this academic, you can do whatever the hell you want all day. You can do a good job, whatever. It's pretty much the but job. You yeah. Touch. Athletics. If they would do that, then okay, maybe.
1: Right. It, it could work because I, I, I think Vitter's resume points to a potentially strong academic administrator. There's nothing on that, that has to do with athletics. I. Could be wrong. He doesn't seem like the type that necessarily played very high-level sports. I can I can recognize that, Dr. Vitter, as someone who also did not play high-level sports. Um, but I just – I I guess the thing is if you're not going to blame Bjork and you're not going to blame Vitter, what, are we just unlucky? Are we just cursed? Like I, I just think that that's such a pathetic outlook. There are people that could have made the last couple of years better from the administrative point of view – uh, and I don't think Bjork and Vitter are those people.
0: What's clear is that Vitter's in over his head on the athletic side of things, which is why which, he shouldn't be involved in it at all. Really the problem with the, what's really, but here's the real problem is that got exposed because he he inherits an incoming AD that totally got ran over, which further says you got to get rid of Bjork. So and I'm just saying what we already said, but anyway anyway i guess boy i've never said this before i guess i'm saying there's to wrap this up there is a scenario where jeff they, they can transition what Vitter's primary roles responsibilities support staff are and it actually ends up being okay but i
1: guess but who makes that call like who can tell them that
0: well uh, it all comes down and we'll beat this horse one more time and then we'll, we'll fill up it's yeah the, the fact that Old Miss does not have a board of trustees, but is governed by the IHL, is, makes
1: no sense. Yeah,
0: it's apparently a disaster that will always prohibit it and Southern Miss, and it will prohibit every in-state school from Mississippi from ever really making no, a notable job because there's always going to be uh, insular politics, backstabbing. It can be good when you have the governing body that isn't solely focused on the interest of the university and compromise.
1: Right, the incentives are not aligned. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, all right, absolutely. So yeah, we're gonna fill out our brackets as we mentioned. We're talking March Madness, all that stuff because it's it's general sports. obviously, Ole Miss isn't in the NCAA tournament. Uh, first, before let's let's end the show with that. Let's do, get the baseball talk out of the way. Um, obviously, the last question mark left for Ole Miss is the same one that John has been talking about since day one, how is Me Ole Miss's Gillespie. offense...
0: What? Me and David Lucci have the same question. Can exactly.
1: How is Ole Mrs. offense going to adjust to SEC pitching? I mean, that's always the question um, when you're going from non-conference to conference play and you play in the SEC. Uh, only faced a few pitchers that can maybe even hack it in the SEC as like a Sunday starter, even a midweek starter. So it's, it's probably going to be some rough adjustment period. But at the same time... Against the inferior bats, Ole Miss is really mashing right now. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but some of the OPSs are just gaudy. Chase Cockrell in particular had like a 1.3 OPS the other day when I looked. It's just insane. Um, But also, I mean, I'm worried about Bianco actually solidifying the lineup. I, I still don't think they're using the right lineup, and he's not really changing it. Um, for instance, I I think you you need to have Fortes behind Dillard instead of the other way around. I think Dillard needs that protection um, because if not, they're just going to throw a bunch of junk and put him on base, and then uh, well, what line with Golson behind him. Not so any so let me see here. Let me let me pull up today's first and foremost, and we can go from there. But but basically, what they're running is Kessinger. In the one hole, which is working out fine so far. See how it goes. I will say
0: this. I I said at the beginning of the year that I didn't see a leadoff guy on the roster. Kessinger's played pretty damn well thus far and has turned into a solid leadoff guy. If he can
1: keep up this pace or even a fraction of this pace, he'll be fine as leadoff. No worries. He does swing at the first pitch a lot, but he's a non-traditional leadoff guy.
0: Everybody has their style. You don't need a traditional leadoff guy, but if he can keep doing what he's doing or be close to it, then they're fine there.
1: Yeah. So Kessinger, Olenek hitting second. Olenek to me is an enigma. I think, I for whatever reason, and this I'm not the only one. This happens is he to you.
0: Really leaving him in the two hole. He is not a two hole. John, player. he's
1: hitting 310. He's hitting 310, John. This
0: What's is what.
1: Opinion? This is what I'm saying. I it happens to other people too. Because other people are saying it. But Olinick always looks super out of control. And maybe that's going to translate onto the stat sheet in SEC play. Uh, but apparently he just finds hits and finds offense when we're not looking. Uh, to, to, he has respectable stats. The stats are fine right now. So whatever. If those numbers hold, I'm fine with it. Here's where I have a problem with the lineup. Right now it goes Fortes, Dillard, Golson. Uh, I don't think that Dillard needs to be hitting behind Fortes. I think that needs to be reversed. Fortes is your best pure hitter. Dillard is a power guy that needs fastballs to be successful, but has a good eye and can get on base. So ideally, you put Dillard in the three hole, and either they throw him fastballs that he can hit, or they throw him all-speed pitches that he takes and gets on base. And then Dillard has a guy on base that that he can then use that short swing, drive balls to left field, all that stuff. Um, you know, Golson is is starting to come on a little bit now. Got the average up to 230. Not great, but he's had some clutch hits. He's made some stuff happen with mid on
0: base. I think not... he hit like 400 or three-something with runners in scoring position. Yeah, there's
1: some stats that, that can kind of silver lining those goals and numbers. So I'm not ready to say that, oh, he makes no sense in the five hole. But look, here's what you do. You got Cole Zabowski hitting 278. Why don't you, on games where Fortez and Zabowski both start, uh, which really should be every game because what I would like to see is uh, but the the problem, and this is we talked about this last week. The problem is Chase Cockrell doesn't really have a position on the field, he's kind of a first baseman. Uh, but you would obviously rather have Zabowski defensively at first base or Fortez than you would have Cockrell there. Um, third maybe, but the freshman doing really well at third.
0: Cockrell not play outfield at all, I guess not
1: because we know that Dillard is pretty much set up and left. I don't think you want to move him around because he's learned how to play out there.
0: Uh, he, he, yeah, you leave him there.
1: What you could do is try to try to get Cockrell and right and put O'Linick at second and take Adam or video out of the lineup um, and that can maybe give you a chance to get all four of Cooper Johnson Zabowski, Fortes. because in that situation you could you could dh Fortez catch Cooper first base for Zabowski um, I don't know but but my real point is I would love to have the three four five. Be Dillard three, Fortez four, Zabowski fifth. Because then you have Dillard the switch, Fortez the righty, Zabowski the lefty, and you're three, four, five right there. Like that a lot. Uh, and, put, then, and then Golson. Golson the six. Yeah, then, uh, then Golson, then Johnson. Then, well, right uh, now, right Keenan. now, so
0: Golson's five right now. Who's hitting six then? Zabowski,
1: Zabowski hit six today as a DH.
0: You know what? I think either way works. I don't I, I don't. I guess have.
1: maybe you'd be worried to do Dillard, Fortes, Golson because switch righty, righty, but maybe that would not be that big of a deal. So and Kessinger also righties.
0: Fortes is your best hitter. He should hit three. Dillard's switch behind him, so you can't. So he can flip around if you get cute with pitching, and then honestly, well, you I mean,
1: you agree with Bianco? Then I I think Dillard needs the protection from Fortes. Maybe Zabowski if can give him that. If protection. this
0: team, or
1: maybe you can put Cockrell Zabowski behind Dillard, and it's fine.
0: Maybe you can't. If this, I, I personally have, you know what, and and I don't know Golson's personality specifically, mm-hmm. what his relationship with Bianco is. Mm-hmm. I have no problem though, if Bianco wants to give Golson a couple series in the five hole and say, you know what,
1: just a confidence
0: thing. You're you're the damn veteran. Right. You're hitting with a scoring position. At the yeah. end of the day, they've only played baseball for a month. If this was the majors, we wouldn't even be caring because they play sixty games before anybody really makes any jumping conclusion on how they're hitting that season. See what happens. Yeah,
1: I mean I, you're you're not wrong at all. I mean it's, Wilson, if if it's gonna help us confidence, and also I mean you want conference yeah.
0: pitching is a different deal, and Golson has seen it. A gives senior. them presence. Is Zabowski going to hit it, et cetera? I mean, they – I'd leave Golson in the five to start conference play for Good a couple of weeks. Then. Is this go score
1: real? Is this NIT score real right now, John? It's – okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Where did he get? I was just seeing the Middle Tennessee score. Okay, so Neil McCready is saying if Middle Tennessee loses tonight, uh, he expects Kermit Davis to be in Oxford tomorrow. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. What's the score?
1: Well, I don't think this could possibly be right, but Google is trying to tell me Middle Tennessee thirty-five, Vermont twenty-nine, with three minutes left in the game. There's no way. Let me let me try to find something else here. It is. It's no. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The NIT uses quarters. The NCAA, Google, was still set up on halves. So it's second quarter. So that uh, makes a lot, makes a lot more sense. 35-29 MTSU second quarter. If you're an old Miss fan, you want MTSU to lose. you you need Kermit Davis to stop coaching Middle Tennessee and start coaching Ole Miss. It's crazy. It's just crazy. This is another example of administration being completely weak. Having no teeth. Aye, aye aye. Um, sorry, back to but I I was enjoying our baseball conversation, John. Sorry about that. Go back to what you're saying.
0: I'd leave Golson in the five hole just to see if weeks. it helps.
1: I think what I was going to say is I think you also want to be really careful with Golson's confidence because you need him to have a lot of confidence out there in center because he hasn't had the greatest start to the season. You need him to play strong uh, defense, so he he
0: has to play good center field. Defense. Right. So if
1: if if leaving him in the fifth hole a little longer than the stats would dictate you should is going to help with the all, the defensive confidence. That's fine too. Um, I'm really just excited to get an SEC play and, and see how the offense looks. Um, Tennessee's the the first series this weekend. I have no idea really how good they are. I don't think they're like top of the league by any stretch.
0: Like twenty to two in some midweek game a week or so ago. Yikes! Yeah,
1: so that's not great. But hey, we're gonna will ease into it. We'll ease into
0: it. Ole Miss should win the series. Period. I think their RPI was around seventy. I'll pull okay. up here. Okay, that's good to know.
1: Did you see um, Casey Mize for Auburn had a no-hitter last weekend?
0: Is he supposed to be good? I don't know who
1: that is. I mean, Casey Mize is good. He's been there for a while, yeah. He's he's one of their starters. I mean, oh, a no-hitter is pretty good, yeah. I think it was a real no-hitter, too. no
0: good. I'm just asking.
1: Not a – uh, I, I know you know. Not a uh, – it wasn't an LSU no-hitter, like from last season, that uh that seven innings they did. Oh,
0: that uh, fake news.
1: Yeah, that's very fake news. Um – So, I got the schedule up here. Get through Tennessee. You got New Orleans in the midweek. uh, And then you got a real test coming up in week two of SEC play at a and I I think uh, one of the best teams in the conference. They're ranked higher than Ole Miss in the national polls. Um, So, that's going to be a huge test. I think they probably only win one of those. Arkansas at home. That is a swing series, right? You get Arkansas at home.
0: On Arkansas back to back is key. They go three and three through those two. They're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah,
1: I agree. Win one in College Station, win the series at home—that's a win. Uh, it really gets really interesting. April sixth, seventh, eighth at Mississippi State. You know they haven't looked terrible since kind of recovering from uh, from losing arrow. I mean they've kind of put it back on track. So that'll be interesting. First time Ole Miss is going to play in their their new. Um, palace of college baseball should be interesting southern miss Old, in the middle they're league. trying to
0: blow this game right now they're, it's 5-3 and there's runners on first and second no else wolf folks in the game they're having Oof. to go to wolf
1: oh. yeah i don't think wolf is giving up a run all year but he's super dude because he has not looked good he's looked very shaky so i fully here, expect here. him
0: georgia State's rpi is 10 right now georgia state's
1: Where? rpi yeah i think they beat georgia tech uh, on on a weekend series, something like that. I don't know who else they've beaten. But, yeah, I mean, if you can win both the games in Atlanta this week, that'd be great. It's kind of tough to go on the road for a two-game midweek series Just with SEC split. play coming that's up. That's I think they'll like probably it. split, yeah. Um. Yeah, let me pull up my Twitter, too, so I can follow along with that drama. Maybe Wolfwick gets out of it. You'll know by the time you hear this, but uh, I don't have a great feeling about that with the way Wolfwick has has lost velocity this year. Yeah. Um, after State at Vanderbilt, so that's another tough turn right there. That's I mean, that's really it. we talked about this earlier in the year, guys. We know we're recapping at A and M versus Arkansas at State at Vandy. That's a really tough murderer's row of four series right there. You only get back
0: one up do stuff. What'd you say? The back half of the schedule, you can. Yeah, yeah. I, I I look at this conference schedule and say it's manageable. I really do. I I guess so. We'll see. I I mean,
1: you miss Kentucky. I think they're good. You miss Mizzou, um, but still, I mean, the only quote unquote easy series in the back half to it, to me are Georgia and Alabama. I mean, I'm not ready to write Auburn off yet. I think that Bruce uh, Thompson or whatever is going to make them pretty decent. South Carolina is historic power, and so is LSU. So I don't know, but that's just baseball on the SEC. Also, if, you know, if you if you want to get to a national seed or even a host out of the SEC, you're gonna to have to win some hard games. So, I'm excited.
0: They need to win two out of three against Tennessee this weekend. That's that's clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's clear looking at the series that are on a bunt single, John. What the hell? Whose responsibility was that one?
0: Blame Wolfolk.
1: Base is loaded. Yeah, I'll blame Wolfolk for that. I will he probably tried to go to two, go to second for two or some crap. Um. So that's not good. By the time you hear this, Ole Miss will probably be fifteen and two with a recent loss. But we'll see if
0: they, if they can get through. If they can go win this series against Tennessee, and then let's say go five and four against A and M, and State. What does that put them at? Seven and uh, yeah, seven, seven and five. five. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be seven and five going to Vandy. Mm-hmm. It's- if they could. If they could somehow start the season nine and six, they're off and running, I think.
1: Okay, and so that would mean only you losing. Got three,
0: you get three of your last five on the back end. Alabama, whatever. uh Carolina's one eighteen in RPI. I don't know how good. Okay,
1: all right. right. So okay, oh. I'll I'll back off that a little bit. They must not be Ray, very good.
0: Ray, Ray Tana is not coaching the Gamecocks. Okay? Right. What's LSU's RPI? a uh, hundred something hmm.
1: and you get them in Oxford you need to win that series
0: yeah that's what it, yeah I mean they're here's the other thing too is that Feigl appears to really be settling in as well yeah, I mean Feigl
1: won pitcher of the month, got, national pitcher of the month
0: awesome hey they've got a good one too and then MacArthur's a solid three I would say
1: yeah, I mean, I think MacArthur is going to be up and down, like he has been his whole career. I think he'll have really good performances. Um, I think the good news is that if Rollston and Feigl can go deep in their starts, you don't really worry about MacArthur because you're going to have so many arms you can roll out on Sunday. Here's after, the after him. let him get through one time and you're fine.
0: They dropped a pop up to start the inning. Apparently, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I just but, saw I just saw but, tweet. Yeah, you know what? Things happens college baseball. Yeah. Um I was like oh, shit. So here I guess here are the three things for this team. One is how good is the bullpen? Is it good or is it really good? If it's really good, they're gonna roll Rollison and Feigl out there the first two games, be tough, and then you go ride the up and down MacArthur wave, and then the bullpen can carry him can carry you through uh the I, rest of the
1: I think the middle of the bullpen has to be one of the strongest in the country. I mean in the league if not the country. I have questions about the back of the bullpen, as I've been talking about while well, we've been talking about this ninth inning. There's I do one. not feel good about Wolfook. I do not feel good about Stokes. I do like that they're trying to work Stokes into more of an extended relief. Uh, I mean I think Stokes could maybe be like even a starter with the stuff he has. Like, I don't think he's so much Stokes. of a high leverage reliever type guy with those swing and miss soft lefty thing.
0: Stokes, ideally, ideally you go get four or five out of MacArthur and Stokes gets you like to the gate on Sunday. Yeah,
1: that, that, that would be a good arrangement. I, I, but I think as far as young arms, you can just roll out. Old Miss has so many of those, the Jordan Fowlers and the Houston Ross and the Will Etheridges, uh Parker Karassi. Uh, that kid from Chicago that's been eating up innings. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of options in there. Um, yeah, I I think the pitching is is gonna be far from the problem. I think defense will be a problem before pitching. Defense might even be a problem before hitting, but we'll see. I never want to say that about a Bianco team because the offense can can just disappear for long
0: stretches. Their middle infield appears pretty good. Their outfield is average, I'd say.
1: I'd say the outfield's below average for sure they, they don't have any outfielders. everyone in the outfield is a converted infielder,
0: yeah, but i honest, I think you'd rather be that way than the other way around to be frank,
1: yeah, i mean yeah the the infield is definitely more instinctive than the outfield, right? You actually have time in the outfield to think about what
0: you're gonna do, yeah,
1: whereas in the infield you got to make the play
0: I think that's the point is how do they do on the um
1: I want to see the fielding percentage. It can't be very good. I mean, there've been a lot, a lot of bad errors.
0: How, um, and then the other question I have is, is this, how is this, is this lineup going to shake out into kind of a good fit? Or is it going to be awkward all year? Cause yeah. right now, if Cockrell keeps hitting well, then they have to, um, and they have to DH him, so then you're going to rotate Fortes. I mean, Cooper Johnson's not going to play a bunch at the end of the day. He'll play like one game a week. I
1: see, and I think that's I think that could be a mistake, especially with the fact that he's actually hitting well. I mean, I, I think if Cooper Johnson starting instead of Fortes in Game One, Long Beach will miss a sixteen and zero right now.
0: Although against lefties, you know, well, you want Zabowski to play a lot of. Front. I don't know if Zabowski can hit SEC pitching, and if he can, then it's a luxury. And you, here's. Johnson's your catch. Well, if Zabowski
1: can hit SEC pitching, I think he should be your everyday first baseman. He has every tool you could possibly want out of a defensive first baseman.
0: Yep. Well, it's Fortes' first base defense, okay? It's fine.
1: Yeah, he, but he's just he doesn't have anywhere near the size that 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 uh, Zabowski has. I mean, Zabowski can stretch and make all kinds of plays on bad throws, I, and Fortes does not make those here's, plays.
0: Here's what they do. They lefties, it's Fortez first. Johnson's the catcher. Mm-hmm. Cockrell's are DH. Mm-hmm. Righties, it's uh, Zabowski at first. You catch Fortes. At first, catch Fortez. And then between Johnson put, and Cockrell, you
1: put Low. You put Low in the uh, in the DH, assuming he's healthy. Rowe, sorry, not Rowe, not Low. Rowe, Tim Rowe in the DH, assuming he's healthy. He,
0: he could go in there. I mean, is Cockrell is going to be a guy that, that hits, hits I don't know. Maybe. You know, you may actually have some decent pinch-hitting depth in out of this. So, yeah, well,
1: and if as far as pinch-hitting, you still have um, Fitzsimmons has been pretty good in limited appearances. The uh, other
0: the other area is, um, I guess the other thing you could do is if you're playing Fortes at catcher, and then they bring in a lefty, you could double-switch Fortes to first. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can get kind of – You just – uh, can't really uh,
1: count on seeing too too many lefties in college, right?
0: No, because most but, of them
1: get drafted out of high school.
0: Yeah, although there's enough of them out there to. It, 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 of course, maybe it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. There's right,
1: not, and we'll see. I mean, it's it's a luxury to even be able to be talking about this and be able to have all these like being able to try to get extra guys into the lineup was not a problem that Ole Miss had last year. Where's so, Cockrell? Where is he? What?
0: Where's Cockrell been hitting?
1: Uh, like five, like where Golson is. Gotcha. He hey, can't be. Hey, beat. hey uh, Bianco hasn't changed. Kessinger, Olenek, Fortes, Dillard, like at all. That's pretty much been consistent.
0: We think Olenek is worthy of the two hole.
1: I don't know yet. Um, I so far I've hated on him all season, and he has he has st- r- answered the bell. So
0: I don't know. So. So, they got a chopper at home for one out, 5-3. Uh, so, they won. Oh, double play. Wolfolk bailed him out.
1: <laughs> Wait, so okay. They got chopper, went home for the out,
0: and yep, then they got a double play, and Wolfolk still has ball. no
1: earned runs?
0: Yep. Dallas <laughs> Wolfolk got the horseshoe. He, he, you know what he's doing this oh, year? He's Brett Huber.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, he's the career save leader that always looked terrible. Mm.
0: He was lights out last year. Well that's been I mean, they just beat the number ten RPI team on which I don't know if they're gonna stay there, but that's yeah, a good that
1: is, win. That is so silly. Another game in which Wolfhook gets into a whole lot of trouble and then Houdini's out of it to use Parham's word here. Oh man. That's great. Well, okay, there you go. Sixteen and one. Old miss. That's a great place to stop our baseball discussion. Um let's talk March Madness, John. I'm gonna need your help with this. Let's give a plug. Uh, to the the Friday Roland March Madness bracket. I think it's sponsored by Traditional Construction. Do, do I yeah. sound echoey, John? For some reason, I feel like I'm echoing here in my living yeah. room a little bit. You're good. You're okay, good. all right. So I have my bracket up. If you want to join this, I think you head on over to the Friday Roland Twitter. I'm not going to give you the exact name of it because I can't remember. Also, I, I'm mad at them. We're having a feud right now uh, because apparently, you know, they think it's funny to try to create strife within my family. Um, I don't appreciate that. Oh, I like how our group motto for this uh, Friday Rolling Challenge is, it's finally March. I can tell Bebwell definitely wrote that. Um, Or McDermott, the McDermottator here. Uh, So, yeah, join that bracket on Twitter. Uh, Whatever, the password is Friday. It's in the tweet too, I think. There's some sort of a mystery prize. They're going to read the winner on the air, whatever. All that to say, that's where I'm filling my bracket out. So let me do this. Okay, team name Lad is the superior show. That was easy. Um, create a bracket. Uh, I'm I'm gonna enter the all state. Oh no, I'm not. Never mind. Forget it. I'm not entering no, this.
0: Marketing, screw that. I don't no, want to no. enter
1: my information. Invite friends. No, continue. Fill out bracket. We're in business, John. All right, you got your you got a bracket open as well. Yeah. You gonna fill one out team as man. we go?
0: Team name is Inside Job because we're going to pay the refs and bet our way through this. Okay, okay, that's you good. You want to do the south region first? Is that the one that's in the top left? Cause
1: yeah, the yes. UVA. So the maybe USB. we do
0: this. Maybe you do. You want to well, go as far as – I was going to say maybe you do – if you want to do your whole south region, I'll do my whole south region. We'll just do the full region. Uh, each rotate doing that, and then we can go do the final four and pick the champs and the score. Okay. Or if you get through this and say, I just want to pick you round at a time, we can go around at a time, but it doesn't
1: matter to me. Yeah, I don't care. So what am I – I'm going to go through the South and just reel off some picks here, read off some
0: picks? Yeah, do the whole South and get to the – All right, South,
1: first off, we got UVA versus UMBC. Literally don't know what UMBC is, but I'm picking UVA there, the one versus 16. Never happened, right? Never been a 16 upset of one, so that's an easy call. Creighton, Kansas State. I'm tempted to pick Creighton because it's more of a basketball school, in my opinion. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Kentucky over Davidson, Arizona over Buffalo. Ooh, this the six eleven is where I'd love to pick an upset, but I know nothing about either of these teams. Um,
0: yeah, Miami's got Larry Naga coaching it. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? What's the team?
1: Loyola, Loyola Chicago has a good record, but I don't know. I'll pick Miami. Pick Tennessee hmm shock smart versus Nevada hmm I'm picking Cincinnati versus Florida State by the way um I'll pick Texas and I'm gonna pick Cincinnati to win the next round uh, okay so now I've got UVA versus Creighton I'm gonna pick UVA I might have them get upset soon though is Arizona able to to do well in this tournament with all the stuff surrounding their coach and the FBI and all that
0: I wonder if this – if Arizona – Miller was gone for a bit, then back, and they've always they've always been the team that can't get past the Elite Eight. Does this whole thing kind of rally them to play the us oh, against the world? Hmm. Takes their heads out of the – we're not the – instead of we're supposed to get there and we can't get there, it's us against the world. Does it kind of change their psyche to where they break through? Two ways to look at it.
1: Maybe that'll happen. You should put that on your bracket. I'm picking Kentucky to win. Um, I'm gonna have an upset: Miami over Tennessee. Not a big fan of the Big Orange. Cincinnati over Miami. Kentucky over UVA, and then Cincinnati to the Final Four. That's the South Region. Makes sense. All right. I don't know if it does, John. You know, I'm just filling in a bracket because it's March. That's what you're supposed to do. I am completely bullshit right now, more than even usual on this show. Yes.
0: UVA, I got UVA winning against those 016. Creighton is more of a basketball school. Let's see. Hey, that sounds
1: familiar. But that sounds like my justification.
0: RPI, i blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pick K State just because. Okay. Uh, Kentucky over. Oh shit, is it worth picking Davidson to beat Cal? Okay, I want to have fun with that. <laughs> You know, this, U, this Kentucky team lost four in a row. No, right? I know. But,
1: yeah, they could be really bad. And also, Kentucky can be. To, I don't,
0: but they're. Or was this Cal? I mean, Cal, got, Cal was in this tournament as an eight seed a few years ago and got them to the final.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: UK wins this game. I, I wanted to pick against them, but they win it. Arizona. Uh, give me Miami over Illinois. Tennessee over Wright State. Nevada over Texas. I think Texas, question where they should be in. And then Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati over Nevada. I agree. Cincinnati's good. I got Tennessee uh, beating Miami. Okay. I'm going to go Arizona over Kentucky, UVA okay. over K State. And then, you know what? I just talked myself into the Arizona theory. Yeah. They're going to go to the Final Four, and then they will beat Tennessee in the Elite Eight. I all actually right, I think like Tennessee it. makes a run here with, oh, Ricky, with Ricky Barnes.
1: I like it. I like it. Um, all right, well, are we going to the East now? Yep. All right, you want to go first this time? Sure. Okay, go ahead.
0: Villanova over uh, Radford just won their game, so it's Radford. Um, on True TV, you got to go to True TV to find the Dayton games. That's natural, so, I mean, what, I'm already there. That's just what I – It's like a hospital waiting room in here. I was here in the past five minutes and was like, where the hell's the game? And you tell me I got to go to True TV anyway. Um, Alabama just rode the Sexton train to get in the tournament. You know, I want to pick Colin Sexton, but it's Avery Johnson. And as a Mavericks fan, I watched Avery Johnson completely fuck up the 2006 NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. So... I'm kind of conflicted here. I believe in Avery Johnson's ability to screw up postseason, so I'm going to go by Tech, just for that simple fact alone. Uh, Westford, West Virginia, being the five, is upset, but Huggins can coach. He's mm-hmm. going to coach past that BS. Wichita has Greg Marshall. He's going to win his game. I mean, basically, I. I The smart thing is you always pick the coaches and know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Florida versus either St. Bonnie's or UCLA. Ooh. You know, if they were playing an 11 that wasn't in a playing game, I'd be all in on this. You think they're going to be too tired? It's in Dallas, so they're going to have to go Dayton to Dallas. Um... Mm,
1: mm, mm, mm I picked
0: him John. I
1: picked the upset.
0: Do I want I'm trying to figure out if I want to pick against Mike White for shits and giggles here or not. I'm trying to debate.
1: I decided that I did.
0: All right, you know what? Because the other team will pop, I mean, they're going to play they're going to play, they're going to tip here in 5, they're going to get done at midnight. Mm-hmm. They're going to fly overnight to Dallas. They're going to be I'm hot. Gonna,
1: they're going to be warmed up.
0: I'm going to pick Mike White to win. I watched Ole Miss be dead tired against Xavier a few yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Mike White going around. Also, had no, no post
1: defender on that team.
0: Texas Tech, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin, I always pick to win upsets here. Sorry, Angie.
1: <laughs> no, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I, I got Tech going a long way here. They're very good.
0: Yeah, you're, you You kind of have to. I, I'm not, I really
1: don't. My girlfriend goes to medical school at Texas Tech. She She is... Like, I guess a fan because she goes to med school there, but I mean it's not like her college. She went to Vandy.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. She got Bryce Drew as her coach. That's an issue. Um,
1: he can recruit. It's fine.
0: Lumberjacks are going to win a game. Uh, Arkansas over butt. Oh, shit. Actually, Arkansas can totally lose that game. What is Butler? Butler, 20-13, 37 RPI. Arkansas is either going to get hot and do something or totally crash out. Um, You know what? I'm going to believe in the improved SEC for a minute. Let's go Hogs. Um, Purdue. And then back to the top, Villanova beats Vought Tech. Bam, Bob Huggins, Greg Marshall. That's a good coaching game. That's a good matchup. Damn. Damn. Wichita State played in Cincinnati really well the other week. They split the series. I actually watched like five minutes of that game just because I saw that. I'm just going to pick Wichita. Okay, seems fair. Mike White is not winning two games, so I am going to, by default, have Stephen F. Austin in the Sweet 16. <laughs> Purdue is going to beat Arkansas. And then Purdue will beat Stephen F. And so you got Nova who, versus Wichita State. Yeah, right. Greg Marshall. Um, Sweet sixteen. now yeah, well, that would be good. I believe they're playing in Boston. So down at TD Garden, as they would say, in Massachusetts. Such a massive- Villanova and a close one. Purdue over Villanova to the final four just because why not let's put Purdue
1: in the game in why not there. all right so I got Villanova over Radford Alabama over vatech I believe in Colin Sexton West Virginia over Murray State Wichita State over Marshall I'm gonna go ahead and take the playing game over Florida I just I, I feel like Mike White's gonna blow it uh Tech over Stephen F Austin because I don't know they, you'd be you'd be surprised how good tech is at everything except football which is the one thing they want to be good at um, Butler over Arkansas. I personally, even though the SEC has improved, think it's still a little overrated. Um, Purdue over Fullerton. Like you said, back to the top. I got Villanova over Bama. West Virginia over Wichita State. I'm going with Bob Huggins. Texas Tech to beat the play-in winner. Purdue to beat Butler. Purdue beats Texas Tech. West Virginia in my bracket beats Villanova. West Virginia advances to the Final Four. I don't know why. Let's say they got hot. Who cares?
0: Bob Tuggins is
1: going to get hot. Why not, right? Who cares? All right. All right, so we're going west now. I got Xavier beating the play in 16. Pick a Missouri. Michael Porter Jr., or whatever that guy's name is. Maybe he's going to be good. Let's go Ohio State over South Dakota State, even though they played Ole Miss really well and won in overtime in Oxford. Uh, ooh, Gonzaga versus, uh, what's it called? Dunk City or whatever. UNCG. UNCG
0: Greenville. Oh, is that, oh, it's
1: not, oh, it's not GC. Yeah, I, I had a little dyslexic moment there. All right, well, it's easy then. Pick Gonzaga, um, Houston, San Diego State. Come back to that. Let me pick Michigan over Montana. Ooh, A and M, Providence. Hmm. I got UNC over Lipscomb. So now I'm just thinking about Houston versus San Diego State, A and M versus Providence. Has AM had any injuries or have they improved since the middle of the season?
0: AM started off as a top 10 team. They and lost like six games in SEC play. Like one and six.
1: All right, I'm going to pick them. I think they'll, ref- they'll find their old form. Ah, Houston, San Diego State. Let me glance at the records here. Mm, Houston's 18 in the RPI, San Diego State 63. San Diego State 3 and 1 versus top 25. I pick Houston. Just pretty much going with the seating. Um, Xavier versus Missouri. I like Xavier. Uh, Ohio State versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga is more of the basketball school there. Thirty and four. Hmm. Gonzaga is only one and one versus the top twenty-five. Ohio State's three and four. is twelve zero in their last twelve games. Pick Gonzaga. Houston versus Michigan, A and M versus UNC. Going with UNC, I think the SEC. Is that good? Um and then on Houston versus Michigan, let me get let me take Michigan. Uh and so that means Xavier versus Gonzaga. I'm taking I'm taking Gonzaga here versus UNC UNC advances to the final four. Uh your turn. Let's
0: see. I got Xavier. I got Mizzou over FSU cause screw the seminoles. Sure. Uh San Diego State over Ohio State. You got to pick a twelve every year. There's mine. South Dakota, right? South Dakota State. South Dakota. Whoever yeah, that's, that's not a bad
1: that's not a bad pick. We've actually seen them play at least.
0: Yeah, they won in the pavilion, the house that Ross built. Whoa. Yeah, they, they looked um, good.
1: They they're the team that made like 25 threes or some insane number, like 20, something crazy.
0: Gonzaga over Greensboro. Mm-hmm. I have San Diego, okay, San Diego State over Houston. Wow. Michigan over Montana. I think Texas A&M has their get their head out of their ass, Renaissance birth here. Wins this game. UNC over Lipscomb. And then I have AM over Carolina. See you're so nice. your Royals, I believe you need to screw this up. Yeah. Michigan wins to go this week, 16 over San Diego. Gonzaga beat South Dakota. Xavier over Mizzou. Although, if Michael yeah. Porter had come back like a week ago, right. like a week earlier, that would have been a really... You know, I tell you what, if I'm Xavier, that's the ultimate flyer. Let's say Michael Porter all of a sudden gets 98% of the way there, and they got to go play him in the second round. That could mm-hmm. be interesting. So uh, I have Xavier over Gonzaga, and then I have AM over Michigan. I have the Aggies rolling all the way to the Elite Eight, and then I have Xavier going to the Final Four.
1: I like it. I like it. All right, last region's the Midwest. You going to do this one first?
0: Sure. Okay. We have Kansas is going to beat Penn Although, you know, oh boy, do I actually have the nut?
1: Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to pick a 16 over a 1 here?
0: Penn just won the Ivy League. They're hot, right?
1: <laughs> They're tired.
0: Kansas is a 7-loss 1 seed.
1: Yeah, that that is a lot. That's a lot.
0: God, do I dare do this? I don't think you dare.
1: If you did, right. if you if you called that correctly, you'd be a god.
0: I'm picking Penn. Here's why. Okay. First of all, I don't think Kansas is going far in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Seven losses. Self lost more games than usual, um, and the FBI is going to make a splash at some point. Mm-hmm. Kansas has a decent shot at being at this. Bill Self just seems like the type of person that that would bother when he's laying in bed at night. This is that this is the flyer of flyers, but we're going to go with Penn. Uh, very rep rep the Northeast pick there. You can call me a homer. Um,
1: <laughs> I like it. I think it's fun. Pick a sixteen. NC, this is
0: great. NC State over Seton Hall. Clemson over New Mexico. You got a guy or a uh, work colleague of mine an Auburn grad someone to pick Auburn they yeah. they have not finished well they're vulnerable but I I think Pearl I think Pearl gets them up to at least one game uh, Yeah I would
1: but if FBI's making a splash I would be a little worried if I was picking Auburn as well If we I believe that Pearl, to be true I think
0: Pearl's actually the guy that can just block all that out they're Yeah like, but can the players I don't think it's getting at the player I think I think Pearl's enough of a personality he can like just kind of us against the world and rally the guys a bit. Maybe, yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick whoever wins the uh, Syracuse Arizona State game to go beat TCU. There's my pick of the uh, the first four brigade that gets hot. Uh, Michigan State, because Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. Rhode Island over Oklahoma. Oklahoma should be in the tournament. Duke. And then working up. Duke beats Rhode Island. Ooh, just because I want to see it. Michigan State. So we can see Michigan State Duke. hmm Clemson over a depleted Auburn team. NC State over world the world-beating Penn Quakers. And then give me who Clemson, NC State will be a nice local deal. Let's get Clemson the Elite Eight. Michigan State, Duke. I hate them, but Duke. I think Grayson Allen's going to just troll everybody on their way. Then Duke over Clemson, and I have Duke in the Final Four.
1: Okay. Okay. Um... All right, Justin, my Final Four a little bit there. All right, so Kansas over Penn, NC State over Seton Hall. I actually have New Mexico State upsetting Clemson in the first round. Auburn beats Charleston. TCU beats the play-in. Michigan State over Bucknell. I have Oklahoma upsetting Rhode Island. I, I uh, yeah, Oklahoma should be in the tournament. Something about that five and two versus the top twenty-five makes me feel good. Um, Duke beats Iona. You got Duke over Oklahoma. Michigan State over TCU. Auburn beats New Mexico State. NC State beats Kansas. There's the Kansas upset on my bracket. Uh, Auburn beats NC State. Auburn to the Elite Eight. Duke beats Michigan State. Duke versus Auburn. Duke wins. Duke is also in my Final Four. So my Final Four, Cincinnati, UNC, West Virginia, Duke. have Cincinnati pulling off the upset against UNC. Duke beats West Virginia. Cincinnati is your national champion. Tiebreaker, 84-81. That's my picks.
0: I'm gonna say Duke over Purdue. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Arizona over Xavier. Arizona beats. No, Arizona's gonna lose the title game. That's how Sean Miller's gonna roll before he gets locked up. To Duke. Yep. I like it. I
1: like it. <laughs> All right, I'm submitting
0: my picks. Duke is gonna win.
1: I have no idea why I picked Cincinnati, guys. I have no idea what just happened. I believe it's gonna win one hundred. I just came to what happened? Hmm? I'm joking about I have no idea why Cincinnati is my national champion pick. I don't know what just happened. But it happened. Whatever. If it I'm gonna look really smart if it turned out to be right. We're gonna delete this podcast from the internet. I'm gonna pretend I knew something.
0: There you go. Hang on, I gotta finish. Wait, did it not save my damn bracket?
1: Did you not hit submit picks, John?
0: I hit the damn people's bracket thing accidentally on my iPad and it deleted my whole bracket.
1: No. So. All right, we're going to have to listen to the show again to reconstruct it, or you could just do a new bracket on your own.
0: Going to do a new bracket and whatever happens, happens. All here. right,
1: so whatever John just said, guys, you, could, that, you can now use that bracket. That is not John's bracket. So if you want that bracket, you fill it out, and then if you I'm win, you can rub it in John's it. face.
0: Let's see, I and the my... downside
1: here now is John's going to make a new bracket and then either if that bracket or the one he didn't make does well he'll be able to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to give enough
1: shits. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that was fun. That was our, our well, at least one of our entries into the uh, Friday Rollin' March Madness Challenge sponsored by Traditional Construction. Like I said, you can find that on uh, Friday Roland's Twitter. Go you know, hunt that down. Get in on it. Open to anybody. Password Friday. Um, just to reiterate some stuff we said at the top of the show, don't forget if you want some uh, very unique uh, artwork in your house, you can even commission something. You can ask for a uh, original idea that you came up with. Anything, hit up Table Cobbles on Twitter. Hit them with that discount code, Rebel. Let them know you're part of the uh, Lad Nation. And uh, if you want a T-shirt that says Land Sharks After Dark, LAD, Mississippi paid. Um, again, check our Twitter. Go to the profile, scroll down a tweet or two, click on the link for that Google form, put in the relevant in- the the relevant info, nice and easy, um, and we'll we'll get those out in the next month, month and a half here, and you'll be wearing your own come summer. Um, so don't forget to do that. Uh, obviously if you haven't already, you know, to give it rate and review us on Apple podcast, um, five-star rating would be preferable. Help some other people find the show. Maybe they'll like as much as you do. Probably unlikely since you're like our friend, I'm guessing. Um, that's mostly it. You can follow us on Twitter. We talked about the Twitter account here before. Um, you know what I've been thinking about, John? Do you think this would be fun? Let me get your reaction to this on the show. What if I set up a Google voice line? Where anybody that wanted, whether it's our regular contributors, whether it's people we have never met before that might have questions, can call in, leave a voicemail. We can play them on the show. The only downside is if I do this and no one ever does it, I have to pretend like it just didn't happen. But that would be
0: cool, right? Well, i have to do it every week. But yeah, no, I think it makes a lot. Of well, sense. I don't
1: think we'll have a new call to play every week. But whenever anybody has something they want to say on the show, and you know they don't necessarily have a whole, they don't want to be on an entire one or whatever, they can call the, call the line. Leave a message. It could be fun. It could be some funny content. We'll see. Um, just an idea I've been having. I don't think it's super expensive or anything, so we'll see about that. Um, but, yeah, that's about it, guys. Johnny, got anything else you want to say before, the, before we end the show for this week?
0: Yeah, so I just filled up my whole bracket again and went to input the losing team score and it took me to the people's bracket. So I found a glitch in the uh, iOS software. Yeah, I think you need to sue ESPN. That sounds about right, or maybe this Poor is Apple. just God saying I don't. He didn't want me to fill out a bracket this year. God's plan, maybe. But you know, know what? Maybe you need a new iPad. Maybe I do. What do I know? What I was just going to say. Maybe I'm just going to say my prediction is Penn beats Kansas. That's all I'm going with this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you hit on that one, that's pretty much as good as, as getting the whole shit? bracket. Yeah, you I know agree. What? That's really all that matters.
0: I'm not filling out a bracket because of this corrupt.
1: If Penn score. upsets Kansas, Penn John wins.
0: It's going it. to be Kansas. That's,
1: that's the, the new rules. I don't know what the surprise prize is, Ryan. But if if Penn beats Kansas, I think John deserves it. That's my that's my official fuck take. Could
0: write me a check if I get that right. Screw getting the whole thing right.
1: Well, I I think you're what you're saying is you want to go put down like a twenty thousand dollar bet in Vegas.
0: Yep. You can what, get what, what's, what are the odds I can get with pin over? Oh teams? no, that's a
1: good that's a good question. Let me see if it's on uh the site what's I the use. What's the Kansas money line? Let me check the site I use here in football season see if they got it. Uh, what do you what do you guess? What's your guess for it? Oh, I don't know odds enough. I don't either. Okay, don't worry about it. I'm I'm on the page. I'm about to find it. Okay, here we go. I got it. I got it in front of me. Plus three forty, John. You can make so much more money than that. Plus
0: eight eighty five. Oh shit! I might actually do that.
1: Yeah, do you just drop drop ten on that. Hell, drop a hundred. You got it like that. <laughs> no, nah, I'll drop hundred. Drop ten. John, drop ten. Thirty at the half, and I'll be so. Yeah, tired. just drop ten. Tens. Tens. Not much, and then you you can win eighty eight fifty. Yeah. So there's there's your there's John's pick for the tournament. You heard my effed up bracket It's gonna be destroyed by the first weekend, and I'll never bring it up again. So don't at me. Do not at me when Cincinnati loses in the first round to Georgia State. I do not care. Basketball's uh, dead
0: to did me. Talk about this. What? Uh, Shea Patterson's waivers at a standstill. Nah, I don't care. I don't care at all. Uh, I'm done talking about Shea Patterson. Apparently all of the uh, the transfer waivers are at standstill. So the ghost of Lee Tiner is haunting the players. <laughs>
1: Was apparent. I mean, Ole Miss is claiming it's not Ole Miss's fault, right? It's the NCAA that's holding this stuff up. Yep. Um You know, I, I think I, I think I've said before that I hope Shea does well, but I don't care at all. I I don't e- I will not even like watch a Michigan game to see him do well or not do well. I don't care. Shea Patterson. Oh, never I watch cared. Michigan goes
0: seven and five with Shea. i gonna be very. I don't think Shay
1: I don't think Shea's even gonna be the starter. We'll see. Woo-hoo! There's a tank right there. The kid that played in the bowl game was fine. He didn't look He didn't look worse than Shea, in my opinion.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is... It takes. This is hey,
1: like the kid's dad said, he didn't come to Michigan because he was afraid of competition. Shea's going to have to win the competition. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm pulling off of stuff from, like, two months ago. Like I said, I don't think about Shea Patterson. I don't read these articles. I did see the thing you're talking about, about the waivers. Because um, anytime Tom Mars makes a statement about Ole Miss... You know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're probably smart to listen just to see if he's about to, you know, fire one of your coaches or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can grant the kid a waiver instead of like, play. Who cares? Who care? I want him to play immediately and be bad. Who cares? I don't care. Whatever. We're gonna end the show there. John, thank you for uh, being with me on this extended episode. Ninety minutes of content. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Hopefully, we could uh, help your Wednesday go by a little bit, a little bit quicker or. Whenever you're listening to this, um, hopefully you're not listening to this like after Bart's Madison started because I will have already gotten several things wrong. Uh, So whatever. Um, We'll be talking to you next week with Kermit Davis as the head basketball coach. Whether or not he's actually in Oxford, that will be the question. Um, And we'll just keep following all of this. I mean, we've done 90 minutes here. I never mentioned the fact that there is some optimism about certain aspects of Davis. Some people think he's going to be able to hire some people that are going to bring in recruits. McCready yesterday on robo Grove was talking about, you know, a five star center from 2019 that could be on the radar. I don't know. All of that, I'll believe it when I see it. We'll see. Kermit Davis, as of now, pretty underwhelming hire. Only time will tell. We'll be here to talk about it on Landtruck's After Dark. Thanks for listening,
0: guys.
1: i <laughs> I'm <laughs> to <laughs>